what is the difference that makes the difference? Why do some blogs become hugely successful? Why do some YouTube channels go really far? Why do some people with podcasts go very far? There is a difference between a average or an intermediate blog, podcast, channel, or business, and a successful one. And it's the key distinctions between the two that can help you make progress. This episode is about those distinctions. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. I'm very excited to have lots of people on the show today. So let's introduce them one by one. We've got Andrew Alinda. Callie to the crowd is back on the show. Welcome back, Andrew. Alan, thanks again for having me here. I'm becoming quite popular on this one. Second time around. <laughs> again, really great to um, be here. Really appreciate you having me on the podcast again. No, it's a pleasure. And we're focusing on building your channel and working to monetize the YouTube channel because you're a year into the project You've done 52 weeks of videos. You've built up to 2,500 subscribers with some videos getting 40,000 views, which is phenomenal. So you've made some great progress. And now we're thinking, can we turn this into a full-time thing? Can we build it into a full-time career? Can we monetize it? Can we produce an income from what we're doing? So that's kind of what we're doing with Andrew at the moment. This is the second episode of this series. If you haven't listened to the first, we discussed 11 ways to monetize a channel, and those will apply whether you've got a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, actually even a business. It doesn't really matter. If you've just got a mailing list, you can monetize it. It's incredible. So listen to the first episode if you've missed that one. If not, this episode, we have a couple of guest stars. So back, we had Matt on episode six of season one. Matt was talking about building a business out of passion. Matt, you built a woodworking channel on YouTube and you have a huge number of subscribers, a successful channel you're selling online. Like, tell us more about your channel and what you do. Yeah. So firstly, thanks for having me here. It's great. The channel is basically based around woodworking, whether that's teaching, whether that's sharing my own experiences in trying to learn new techniques. And it's basically just having a general laugh around my hobby. It's done pretty well, which we didn't expect, but yeah, it's, it's going well. It's going well. I love that. And you're making money having a general laugh around your hobby. I think that's the dream for most people, which I think is phenomenal. And now it's no longer just you, is it? It's not. It's not. I've got this large weight on my back that I carry around. Uh, I'll let you introduce him, but he is here with us. Uh, so this is Rob. His official title is Media Manager, but Rob and Matt work on the channel together. They're building this together. They do the filming. They do all of this together. And Rob is here to help us. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. Yeah, it's it's sort of a weird weird job that I've now got with Matt being media manager. In fact, I just titled it myself only a couple of weeks ago. But we work together, we, we produce videos, we analyze how the channel does. And uh, like Matt says, we, we just have a laugh through and through every time we get together and just do our job, I guess. I love that. So the channel has grown big enough to enable two of you to survive from the income. Yeah, I mean, I work on it full time. Rob does a couple of days a week, but we are looking very soon to sort of increase that into something a lot more livable. 
Fantastic. I love that. And then that can produce more content and you have more fun. I think that's fantastic. Just so everyone's listening, can I have a look at your channel? Where can they find you, Matt? So you can literally just go onto Google, type in my name, Matt Estley, that's E-S-T-L-E-A, and you'll see my big old hair at the first result at the top, hopefully. And um, yeah, you'll see lots of wood after that. That sounded weird, but never mind. Let's stick with it. (laughs) Excellent. So please log online and check out Matt Estley's wood. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on very quickly. So this show is about Andrew's channel and helping him build it. Matt, Rob, you've been through Andrew's channel. So I'm going to actually hand over you to you to lead this just so the audience can follow along. Please go to YouTube and look up Callie to the crowd, Andrew or Linda, and you will find his channel. You can look at the videos, the header, and you can follow along whilst looking at the YouTube channel and hearing Matt and Rob's comments about the differences that will help Andrew to grow the channel. And what I would love you to do as you're listening to this, think how you can apply the feedback from Matt and Rob to your website, to your blog, to your YouTube channel, to whatever it is, because the same comments apply whatever the platform is you're doing. So I'm going to hand over to Matt and Rob to take us through the feedback for Andrew, and we're going to turn this into a conversation about how to move the channel forwards. Amazing. So I'm going to start this at the top by saying, Andrew, you've basically made me a calisthenics fanboy by this point. (laughs) You're very engaging in what you do. The editing's great. And I think what you're doing is brilliant. Sort of above that, I suppose, there is a bit of a disclaimer here on our part. We've got four pages of feedback to give you here, but I actually read a quote this morning and I was struggling to work out how to go about saying this, but this quote summed it up really nicely. And it's, If someone gave me a list of my own issues to solve, I could be able to sort that person out very easily. So what I'm saying is here, a lot of these things we don't do ourselves. There is a lot here. We're just trying to give you as much as we can, see what sticks and sort of attack it that way. That quote's from Sam Harris. I loved it anyway. As for how we're going to attack this, what we want to do first is look at the channel as an overview and just get a general idea of what a stranger's first impressions would be when they first see that channel. So that would be the layout, the banner at the top and all that. And we'll see what we can do with that. Secondly, we want to take a dive into the first impressions of the video. So that could be the channel trailer, that could be the video intros themselves. So whether people are browsing through the channel or whether they're finding a new video via uh, YouTube search. So we're going to go into that area. Then we're going to talk about metadata. So that's the thumbnail and titles and all that. So sort of zooming out a bit. And then we're going to zoom out even further and talk a little bit about the analytics and hopefully synthesize that all together into something that actually makes sense and is actionable at the end. So that's where we're going with this. That sounds crazy comprehensive. I'm excited for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lift up the bonnet. (laughs) Exactly. That is literally it, isn't it? Yeah. So Rob, you did some analysis on the channel header. Do you want to go on to that? Yeah, of course. So basically, if we're looking at your channel from a first person perspective, we've clicked on it, we found it through YouTube after uh, taking an interest in calisthenics at some point. And we've got the channel header, big black bar, and it says new videos every week. And it's got your tag to Instagram. And it's got your your sort of phrase, your sort of motto that goes along the side of that. And that that's all brilliant. The, the fact that you're already saying new videos every week, is great because it, it gives a schedule to the viewers. And it also obviously gives yourself a little bit of accountability having said that out loud. So that, that's all sort of perfect. And then we've got the phrase, Callie to the crowd, that's come in there. Now, there's nothing wrong 
at all with having a phrase that completely emboldens what you do. And evidently, you've used that phrase quite a lot and like the use of it, and that's absolutely fine. But the question is, and the question that I had when I saw that the first time is, what does it mean? Because me being someone who's relatively unfit in the grand scheme of things, especially after seeing your videos, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know that calisthenics was short for Cali either. Mm. So it's like, could there be something in that header that absolutely simplifies what you do to three or four words max and just gives the viewer absolute clarity about what you do? Because in that case, when they click on your channel and they find you for the first time, they're going to know exactly what they're going to get. They don't have to click on a video first. They might even see that header and they might go, right, that's exactly what I want. I'm going to click subscribe right now. Yeah, I think that's really, really insightful feedback. I think I had a conversation about this with Alan. It's enlightening because I've heard the same feedback. In fact, I think, Alan, you thought I was from California based off of that title. <laughs> I did indeed think you were Californian. And then you came on with a posh British accent. And I'm like, who is this guy? It's not the right man. <laughs> I'll take the compliment on the posh bit. Yeah. The word calisthenics, like, I don't know what percentage of new viewers will actually understand the word calisthenics. I think it's a word that's used widely in America. It's less used here. So I guess there's a geography part of where is your audience and who you're talking to. But if it is bodyweight exercises for health or something that phrases it so that anyone can get it, I think that would help. Yeah, 100%. The context around even the phrase, Rob, to your point, is so important for somebody new landing on that page. And I think so far, I mean, quite frankly, I've taken it for granted that people might know what that means. But you're right. Yeah. If I could provide something that is quite punchy, heavy hitting. Yeah. What was it? Those first six seconds, first impressions give someone a reason to want to stick around. Yeah, I completely, completely see where you're coming from. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of thinking in a way of attacking this, you could, if you wanted to stick with the calisthenics thing, maybe just have, I do calisthenics, calisthenics in big, bold lettering, but then below that, you have three bullet points that just say what calisthenics is. So it could be flexibility, mobility, fun, something like that. Because you have a laugh when you're doing your channel. You could even put banter there, I don't know. But just sort of summarize what you do in case they don't know what calisthenics mean. That might be quite a nice thing to do. Yeah, 100%. And it would be nice to get more of my personality across because I think I know myself, but for somebody who doesn't know me, I've never seen one of my videos when you land on my channel, I'm not entirely sure that comes across. And it's a unique selling point that I don't think I'm putting front and center yet. Yeah, I really like that piece of feedback as well. Awesome. So... Moving on to the channel trailer next, because I think this sort of talks a little bit about what you were just saying about how it shows your personality and everything. I think it captured it really well, personally. I mean, it brought me into calisthenics as a viewer. Like, genuinely, I'm not just saying this because I'm on my podcast. It does genuinely interest me now looking at it because that first video you did was very engaging. The fact it was a three-month or so transformation and you went from looking like this to this, like, absolutely nuts. The only things I would say about it is it's mainly in a sort of narration style format. And if you want this to show your brand, you want to kind of show your face in that video and maybe even address the camera directly. There's a really good video for this by Casey Neistat and it's called Do What You Can't. It's basically all narration, but then mixed 
in between parts of it, he just starts addressing the camera directly in these really weird dynamic situations. And then boom, it's back to narration. What it does, it stops you from losing focus when you're watching the video. You're sort of like, uh, narration, narration, well, eye contact back into it. And also it shows his face, it shows what he's like, and it's a great way of cutting up a video to ensure that you keep attention because it's a great story that you had in that channel trailer, but there was just parts where I felt my mind kind of drifting a bit. And actually, if there was just an anchor every 10, 20 seconds where it's just addressing it directly, there there was one part in it that actually worked really well. Uh, It was midway through, and it was when you were doing the muscle-ups with really bad form. And you cut the music and you zoomed in on the guy in the background laughing at you or just look, giving you this weird look. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I laughed out loud at that. And if there was more of that, that is exactly what we're talking about because that was halfway through, two minutes in. You don't want to overdo it, but you don't want to underdo it at the same time. It's You get a general feel for it, but I would say every 20 seconds or so, something like that, or talking directly to the camera would be brilliant. To that point, I've got, I've got a question for yourself and Rob then. So it's actually two questions in one. The first one is... I see with a lot of YouTubers, they have someone addressing the camera directly. I am speaking to you through this camera. How important is it to have a video like that? And then secondly, that video that you're actually speaking about, that's on paper, one of my best performing videos. It's one of the videos that has the longest percentage of the amount of the video watched. It's got one of the best clicks per thousand impressions. It's one of those that it follows the trend of some of the videos that I know in the past of mine that I've performed really well, which is why I've kind of put it front and center. So when balancing that dynamic of having a video that is directly addressing the people that have landed on my channel versus having a video that might be highly engaging, but not specifically focused on people that have landed on my channel for the first time, how do I weigh that up? Okay. Let me think. So Yours is obviously mainly a teaching channel. I would say that a channel mainly based around narration and things like that probably doesn't work too well with, because when you're doing demonstrations and things, you want to be pointing at things that you're doing and you want to be talking through it and everything like that. And inevitably you're going to be addressing the camera directly anyway. And apart from anything, not to mention the fact that you've got a body that you could show off while you're addressing to the camera, just to really make an extra statement. Like there's just all these extra things that you could use to supplement the video. I'm not saying it's bad at all. I'm just saying that it's there's certain things that could be used to optimize it further. Yeah, and to that, it's your brands that you're trying to start to sort of ease people into. So there's no denying, but it's a great video. And that's what we're sort of already saying to begin with, that it engaged us. It made us think about calisthenics as well. But what it didn't do quite so much is make us begin to get engaged with you as a person we didn't start to see quite as much of of what you do. I guess a little bit more personality is sort of lacking from there because it's more overview, it's more narrative. And we're not saying it needs to change overall. We're just saying that little extra 5% of eye contact that Andrew starting to come out of the video is going to start to get people go, oh, I like this guy. I like this video. I'm going to start to follow him because I like both his personality and his content. Yeah, I'm hearing all of that. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, it's, it's sort of getting that balance. It, it's, it's a fine line, but it really makes a difference to sort of long-term engagement with the viewers mm. rather than just that short-term, ah, they enjoyed the video, now they've gone away, whereas they could have enjoyed the video and gone, I like you, now I'm going to subscribe. Yeah, it's actually interesting that you say that as well because 
my early videos are primarily tutorials. I'm trying this, here's how I achieved X, here's to watch out for when you try this, that and the other. Once I started doing more vlog style format videos, Matt, it's interesting that you mentioned Casey because I started watching his videos a couple of weeks back. They're phenomenally edited, by the way. And once I started doing formats like that, where Rob, to your point, I am addressing the camera more, I'm talking more about what I do and I'm not staring down the barrel of a camera for a couple of minutes a day. You do find that that does drive up engagement. And I think it is because of that personalized element of, okay, we knew you trained before. Now it's quite interesting that you also, I don't know, eat this for breakfast and do this on a walk in the morning. And yeah, building up that engagement, I think is really important. So yeah, like I said, I 100% hear what you're saying. Yeah. And that's something that you do really well. I mean, in most of your videos, there's calls for engagement at the end, like comment if you think this, and there's always a call to action at the end as well. So I think you do that really well. So just to bring this together for a general point, if you think about it, it doesn't matter what it is, a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel, the header is the first thing people see. And it's the same concept. Get it very quickly on the website, on the podcast, so people know what they're doing. The second bit is getting engagement immediately. So you do that with the channel trailer on a YouTube on a website, you might have a video at the start explaining what you're doing on the podcast. You have an introduction, you get people in. So these concepts that we're talking about apply no matter what type of business you're doing. We just need to find the way to tie it to your business. So as we talk about this, we are going very specific on Cali to the crowd and YouTube. However, I want you to have in your mind the listeners, that this ties perfectly to your website, to your podcast, to whatever it is you're working on, exactly the same principles. Right, gentlemen, where do we go from the trailer? What's next? So at this point, let's do a little bit of a rewind because what we started off doing when we looked at your channel is, is we went back and looked at the earlier videos. And what, what was really interesting overall is watching back on those earlier videos, none of them were bad by any means. The amount of educational content in there was absolutely brilliant. But we made so many notes based on those older videos that we clicked on. We got to the new ones and we're like, oh, wait, he's fixed that. He's fixed that. He's done that now. <laughs> and it was really fascinating to see how far you come in a single year in just like video production and presenting and just sort of the movement of the videos in general. And so to just sort of preempt what we're going to say here, yeah, we're, we've taken a deep dive into what was sort of your older stuff. But it still applies to the new stuff and it applies overall to, I guess, websites as well. It, it's, I'll, I'll get into it. I'd love just to add to what Rob's saying here because it's fascinating. The only way to get to version two of your videos is get version one out there. And we all cringe when we look back at those first videos. My first videos on YouTube was with my business partner, Simon, sat on my horrible cream couch in my kitchen with a pot and dirty washing up in the background that I forgot to move. I think it might have been clean, but it's so embarrassing. I'm <laughs> not fluent. Like we all do that. So if you're listening to this right now thinking I'm nervous about getting on YouTube, just do the first video. You're not going to like it. It's the only way to get to the second one, which you actually will like. Well, maybe by the 10th, you'll like it, but who knows? You've got to get number one done. Andrew. Just a point on that as well is that you actually tend to find that the people that watch your videos or engage with your blog content, they see that transformation as well. And it really helps them buy in. 
the amount of comments I've got saying, look how far you've come in a year, or oh, I remember your first video with the hazy background and the echoey mic. People literally say that, and they feel a part of the transformation as well. That movement, so from your videos back when you were recording on your iPhone with a cracked screen, and now you you might be filming on a better camera, they do appreciate that change as well, because there's a part of them that must know that you're doing it for their benefit as well, and that adds value for them. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, to really highlight the microphone and sort of the blur in the background and all that sort of thing, actually, just to pick specifically on the sound, for anyone getting into YouTube or trying to make their first video, don't worry about what the video looks like. Get the audio sounding the best that you can with what you've got. The audio will sell it. The video won't. So immediately you stepping up the, the microphone game just makes it sound more professional. And then removing that blur over time on the video, it just it made it feel clean and it made it feel like there was purpose behind it as well. Yeah. Again, it's really interesting you said that because the mic that made all this difference in the world that drastically changed the quality of my videos. And I, I hear it now when I listen to my old videos. It cost me nine quid from Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So if you think about that, a phone that somebody might use to record their first video with, that's got all of these little gadgets already inbuilt. And they probably spent about 5p on the microphone during manufacturing. You spend nine pounds on a microphone, and that's hundreds of times better already. Don't quote me on the maths there. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing how much of a difference that makes. But yeah, before we get too much into the uh, sort of techie side of things, and I, I could live there forever, but let's get into that first video because we, we had a few things to say and I think they still translate. So the video begins with your intro graphic and that intro graphic, it lasts 11 seconds long. And in your more recent videos, it's now about two and a half to three seconds long from what we can see. And what we found... And it's, it's really, really fascinating is an introduction theme, an introduction video, doesn't matter how whizzy it is, because Matt's made some whizzy ones in the past, you lose viewers during that moment. The moment that you've got them, they've clicked through, they want to get information from you. So if that intro exists at all, sadly to say at all, any intro, you're better off just scrapping it and getting your point across because more people are going to click off during that intro than they would do if you were just talking to them directly. Sounds a bit weird because you're getting rid of your whole theme, but mm. it, it really makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, just building on that, I mean, that applies whether you put it right at the start, like you've done in your older videos or sort of after an intro sort of thing. We currently do it. We do a little talky bit and then we have an intro. But the problem with it is the intro gives people the opportunity to leave. Whereas if you just have this constant flow that this links into this, that this links into this, they have no opportunity to escape. But having that buffer, even if it's half a second, it's like, we're gone. See you later. I'm not interested. Quick question off the back of that then. Sorry if some of these questions seem completely stupid, but like, how do you then begin to layer on differentiation, right? Because I, I'm very aware that in this space, especially in fitness, it's so competitive. You're competing with people in terms of keywords, in terms of articulation, in terms of how easily you can explain some of these things. When it comes to getting the information across and getting that brand difference that makes you stand out a little bit more, in, in my head, that sort of intro does that or tailors to that. So 
how would you advise getting that brand element across? So for me, again, take this as you will, I have an intro, of course, but at the end of the day, there is only one Andrew Linda, as far as I'm aware, on YouTube doing calisthenics. Same with me. I've got a very fortunate, unique surname. That certainly helps. Yeah. Not to mention the alliteration in your name, like that's perfect, <laughs> but that's how I would look at it to start with. And yeah, if you want to look at it on a larger scale, take any sort of TV series or movie that exists. Okay, they've got their intro theme, they've got this nice little graphic, but if that didn't exist, you would still know what you were watching. You would still know the the story, you'd know the characters, you'd know them really well. That had nothing to do with the theme, that just started the video. You, to be honest, you'd rather just get to the movie. And Netflix has this button now that says skip intro. How often do you press skip intro and get me to the real stuff? Uh, and <laughs> That's it. <laughs> with my presentations, Andrew, it's me that sets this apart. It's my style. It's my energy. It's my ability to be direct. It's my ability to connect. I am the person that sets the presentations apart. And then what we had to do and what we learned actually was the other presenters couldn't be the same as me. They needed to find their own version of that. And then it was them that people connected with. So I think it's you. You are what makes you stand out. You are what makes it different. Like put you front and center. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's feedback that makes sense. Rob, to your point, you said you looked at my earlier videos and it was my logo on the black screen lasted 11 seconds. When I switched it from a logo over exercises, the drop-off rate drastically fell. So what I'm saying is shortening the intro and adding more content there improved it. So I'm definitely yep. going to try and test out what skipping the intro entirely does. Because if someone's watching a, I don't know, a three-minute tutorial and they've just Googled it because they're in the middle of the gym and they want to know how to do an exercise, those three seconds are enough for them to skip ahead. And they might actually skip a valuable bit of content. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll definitely try it. Yeah, do it. Do it. And if you still want your brand to come across, if you still want the logo to exist, there's nothing stopping you creating and putting in a lower third, just having something that exists within the space while you're still getting the point across. But yeah, just, just trial it out and, and see what happens. But we only sort of figured that out recently. And it is shocking how much people drop off when they get the opportunity. <laughs> and I think if I was just to bring this up to the very high level for everyone listening, I don't care what business it is. People are saying, why would I start a cleaning business? There's cleaning businesses all over the place. What makes me unique? It's you. It's your energy. It's your passion for it. It's the way you engage with it. I don't care what business it is. You can stand out just using you and putting you front and center. If you're a generic cleaning business with a generic picture and a generic logo, that's not going to stand out no matter how funky your logo is. It's going to be you the way you do it. So for everyone listening to this, you can stand out through your energy, your passion, your drive, and your charisma. That's what will make you stand out. I don't care what business it is. Yeah, that, that's great advice. I'm taking that on. Right, I'm starting my own woodworking channel. Rob's <laughs> <Lots> own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy sessions for Matt and Rob and Andrew. There we go. Yeah. So uh, let's finish up a little bit on that first video because we, we got so much more to talk about. You have a call to action within your video and. The timing, it doesn't matter what that call to action is, but the timing 
was just a little bit off because you said it before any value was provided. Now, what you need to do when you're creating these videos, you probably already do it. So you've provided all the free possible value that you can. And now that people are trusting in what you do, that's the moment when you can utilize that call to action. That's when you can tell them, subscribe to the channel and they'll believe in what you do because you've already given them everything. And just to whiz through the rest of that video, we've also got the movement of sort of information because at 33 seconds in, you say, today we're going to be talking through the six principles that every newbie calisthenics athletes should be thinking about when they get started. That is a great first line. That immediately makes me think, right, I want to know what those six principles are. But it was 33 seconds too late. So you, you want to make sure that you're getting people's curiosity hyped from the first sentence, because that first sentence is when you start to lose them. And to look at that on a much larger level, to come back to the phrase I just used, movement of information, you don't want to stay on that either. If you talk about the six principles, you don't want to say, right, I'm going to be talking about the first principle at this moment, the second principle at this moment. People don't care. They don't care about when you're going to say these things. They just want you to tell them now. So you pique their curiosity and then you give them what they want. Uh, Alan? Switching to a different industry that I always find fascinating, and it taught me a huge amount about doing presentations. When does a stand-up comedian introduce their name? Mm. Yeah, after the first joke. Well, actually, at joke. the end. At they the don't end. even do oh. it. Like, it's the end. They go straight into the joke. They capture attention. And then right at the end, they go, thank you very much. I've been Alan Donegan. Good night. Uh, yeah. uh, I've been. The reason they do that is no one cares what your name is until you've given value to start with. So if you've entertained, educated, given value, if they've laughed, they'll care about your name and they'll want to look you up for more tickets. If you're in a presentation and someone says their name at the start, do you ever remember it? Or do about halfway through you go, who is this dude? He's actually quite good. <laughs> no one ever remembers it. And if you go to a different industry, which I think I learned a huge amount from for my presentation skills, it was James Bond movies. How do James Bond movies start? Usually with an explosion or... Yeah. Do they put the song with the, like, girls in it or oh, whatever yeah. it is, I, the dancing? I wasn't sure the whether gun. I was allowed to say action and boobs. Uh, no, <laughs> probably not. Um, but do they put that song right up front or do they start with the action? Action every time. So the last movie started with a chase around Mexico City, a helicopter crashing, James Bond in the Dia de los Muertos get-up. Like, it was incredible. And the intro song, which is countermount to, this is the James Bond movie, I'm Albert R. Broccoli, we've got Daniel Craig, that comes about seven minutes into the movie. If they did it the other way round... Would you be texting your friends and talking in the movie, waiting for it to start? Or would you be paying attention to this song? I mean, it's James Bond. The only way they can get you to sit through the song is by grabbing your attention up front. And that's James Bond. If James Bond can't grab you, like, what hope have we got? So you have <laughs> to start with your James Bond moment, your action, to get people to even care what your name is or what you're doing or anything like that. So... This is presentation skills. You start with the bang immediately. And I'd love the audience to get this. I don't care whether this is your website. It needs the bit at the front that grabs attention. I don't care whether the podcast, I don't care whether it's a presentation or a YouTube video. It doesn't matter. It's exactly the same principles. 
Yeah, so just to sort of tie that into, it's a second video, actually. It's very much the same thing, but it's actually a different way of introducing it that I thought was really interesting. So this was the absolute beginner's calisthenics workout. Again, there was a part 33 seconds in, and I'll paraphrase it, but it was, okay, I've seen a number of fitness channels on YouTube, and they usually go like this. X number of months ago, I used to look like this. But since implementing program here, I look like this. Or since I implemented diet program here, I look like this. Those videos are great for motivation, but I'm here to provide more comprehensive information around this and even debunking some common misconceptions. I can't remember if I added that last bit in as a maybe suggestion, but what I love about this is it's referenced in lots of different branding and selling books. Um, and I'll sort of cover them here in a book called Primal Branding. It's referred to as Naving Pagans. Russell Brunson refers it to uh, Allaying People's Fears. There's a book called Story Branding that me and Rob absolutely love, and it's called Identifying the Villain. Basically, it's pointing at someone and saying they're wrong, and this is why you're right to be confused about what they're saying. I'm here to cut through all of that. I think the best way of saying it is how Russell Brunson says it. It's allaying people's fears. It's justifying why they're annoyed at something. People are going around, they're looking for programs, and it's not working. They're looking for diets, and it's not working. Then they come to this channel, and you're like, this is why. And again, you had an example where you said a four foot 11, 65 kilo, 40 year old woman can't expect the same results as me, a five foot 10, 79 kilo man in his twenties. Like that is such a great statement that could have even been like at the top at the very start. Mm. Um, but again, this was buried 33 seconds in, but if that was all at the start and people were like, whoa, this guy's got the answers finally. Like I'm actually going to get a comprehensive view of this rather than just cliches and things that don't actually help me at all. I'm going to stick around. Yeah, and I, it's statements like that that I do think people stick around. Um, in YouTube analytics, you can see the sort of tones of voice that gets people to stick around or the sort of parts of the video where people linger. And yeah, it's statements like that, I imagine, because I think that video's nearly 10 minutes long. And that's to your point, about 30 seconds in, and that will give me, I know if I was watching that, that would give me the the peace of mind to go, okay, I'm not wasting my 10 minutes here with another video that's just going to tell me, I don't know, eat carrot sticks for the next five years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's funny, Alan does this with his own business when they say you don't need a business plan. They're just instantly attacking the people, mm. the traditional business users who rely on these business plans and all these people who worry about this massive thing. And suddenly Alan and his team turn around and say, no, you don't need that. This is why. Yeah, I've spent my entire career doing that in every way. I've said everyone else starts presentations like this and here's why it doesn't work. Everyone else does this and here's why it doesn't work. Everyone else does business plans and debt. Here's why it doesn't work. And like that's basically all of my career has been saying why you should do the opposite to the traditional advice. Exactly the same in finance. Everyone else says buy as big a house as possible. Here's why that's dumb advice. Do the opposite. And it has helped me to help thousands and thousands of people make more progress. Yeah. And this is the thing. This is what we've noticed about your channel, Andrew, that you come out with these statements that are really powerful. And not only that, everything that you touch is done on a very much of a principle basis. It's like top level down. You're not focusing on the nitty gritty details as much. It's like this point, this, this point, this. It's really well structured. And just the way you present it, you're so natural at explaining these things that actually when you say things like that, 
albeit 33 seconds into the video, it is so powerful even at that point. If it was just at the start, though, it would be like, whoa. There was another thing around this video. It was, again, because you're attacking these points, I think there was six of them perhaps. No, four of them. By the end of the video, I forgot what those points were. So another just sort of sneak a bit of monetization in here or maybe just directing people to a website or something. If you had free downloads or something on a website that was a checklist of all of these ideas that you covered, uh, as well as a little synopsis of each of them that they could pin up in their office cubicle or whatever at home, just something that they can go back to would be brilliant. And the way to attack this, again, I read this recently and it sort of covers how we've done things really nicely. When you're editing videos or you're thinking of content online, you need to edit it for three people in, in this order. So firstly, edit it for yourself. Make sure that you actually like what you're doing, because if you don't, then there's no point in doing it. Secondly, edit it for your viewers, because even if you like it, you need to make sure other people like it. You need to structure it into something that absolutely makes sense. Thirdly, structure it for your haters or your critics. So that is essentially looking for potential plot holes in what you're doing, where people could potentially comment and say, oh, I didn't get this from this video. I didn't get this. And for me, at the end of that video, if I was being a critic, it would be great information, but I can't remember any of it. Maybe that's on me, but it is a still a potential source of criticism that you could just completely get rid of by saying, oh, by the way, all these points, they're downloadable from my website. You can either give that for free. You could put it behind an email sign up, up to you. So I think this is a fantastic point. And in pure presentation skills terms, it's the summary. And people love on my courses, my workshops, the bit that people really enjoy is when I go back and go, here's the closing summary and here's the closing point. And you really hit people with that and they leave the videos motivated. They leave it going, okay, that's the one key thing. That's the two key things that I need to take away. And I think actually Matt's got an absolutely genius idea of go to the website and get the tips, get the bit, because the most valuable thing you can build, Andrew, is your list. Because at the moment, you can only get to your subscribers through YouTube. If you have an email list as well, like episode one, we were talking about selling events. We were talking about doing things. You can email people about it. That you can go direct to them and it's far easier. Like this is an incredible tool to build the most valuable thing you can own in your business. Yeah, I was literally just going to top that off with like, so first of all, again, agree with Alan. I think that's really valuable feedback. Definitely going to start implementing it. The challenge with it, I think, comes with, and you'd have probably noticed this with YouTube, the moment you even start to sound like you're wrapping up a video, the percentage of people watching that part of the video go. They're already looking in the next videos to click on. So I guess the challenge there will be to do that in such a way that doesn't make it sound like I'm saying the same thing all over again, specifically in a way that sounds like I'm winding down the video, almost like still providing value in that summary. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, you don't have to say it at the end. This could be at the start. This could be midway through. You just say at the start, we're going to go through six points. Oh, and by the way, if you want to print out, they're on my website below. Done. Move on. Yeah. And to add to that, if you're trying to create a little bit of engagement to, I guess, counteract the slowdown that people anticipate, imagine doing the exercise. And I think we might mention this a little bit later as well. But imagine doing one of the exercises that you're doing. And you actually say where they can find these worksheets, what website they can go to. While you're mid-exercise, you could have some really wacky angle. Like, um, Just envision 
and it would be it would look crazy but it would keep people's attention that's for sure imagine you're just doing a press up and you've just got the camera directly in front of your face and you're just doing a press up as you're saying at the same time it would be stupid like, in a way <laughs> but but it would also be like you're telling them information and now they're sort of fascinated at the same time of what a weird camera angle that's currently gone on obviously that's yeah. that's exaggerated but think about the visuals to also keep engagement yeah so how does i'm going to go to presentations again because there's a huge amount for all of us here how do every presentation end what's the last thing people say usually like thank you for listening or something to that effect yeah th- thanks yeah. for listening any questions yeah any questions thanks for listening any questions you mean mere mortal presentations alan not not ones you do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens if you go thanks for listening any questions what happens they either you get no questions or they go on forever yeah like a tumbleweed moment or it's an awkward or it's a randomly specific question about how does tax work in nairobi or something like it's completely off subject and q a is a dreadful way to end like if the presentation ends and people then say okay i've got 20 minutes for q a how many people do you think start to check out, check their phone, get up and leave, feel like it's over? That's what everyone does. Everyone's nodding at that point. Hopefully you're nodding along the way at home. Never, ever end a presentation on q and is the worst ending as well. You are leaving one of the most important points of your presentation up to chance because you don't know what someone's going to ask you. How should you end? Here's how I would do it. If I'm doing a presentation and people are forcing me to do Q&A, I will say something like, right, I've got time for three questions, and then I will close with the most important thing you need to know about this subject. What does that little sentence do? Hooks you. It hooks you, and it gets you knowing <laughs> something's coming. Occupied. Yeah. Yeah. So you need a hook to get people to stay to the end, Andrew. So what I'm going to give you now is the key points you need to know. And then right at the end, I'm going to give you this. This is the key thing for this exercise. That's hooked them to watch the videos. So if you're worried about that drop-off rate, you need to put out that hook, put out that bait, lay the stuff down so that people are doing. So in presenting terms, you always have a closing message, a key thought, something to keep people engaged. Otherwise, you lose them. And I don't care whether that's your podcast, your presentation is it's all the same have that closing message sure it's it's funny when you were just giving an example of how you should keep somebody hooked i was fully anticipating you to give us the answer i was like i am hooks your example took me into <laughs> into wanting to know what you're going to say and then i realized it was just an example and everything went sad <laughs> no you have to wait till the end of the show to get the last key point <laughs> so uh yeah. stay tuned for alan's closing thought that will help you to build your business Oh, no, um, it, it should happen next episode. It's not even at the end. It's just next episode. Oh, yeah. Make sure you subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's get on to the third and sort of final video that we looked at. And it's your video that's called Why You Should Deload. And absolutely great video again, without a shadow of a doubt. And we're just going to use it to absolutely categorize and, and maybe give a little bit of a formula of how, a, how an intro can hit hard and get to the point immediately. And sadly for both me and Matt, uh, well, I assume Matt's thinking in the same way, we're using something called point evidence explanation. 
which is something we learned probably in year nine back at school and uh, hated every moment of it. So the fact we use it now is uh, irony, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so the first point of uh, why you should deload should have been compared to what, what was already there. The world of fitness is characterized by sayings such as go hard, go home, grind till I die, 365, 24-7. You said those points, but they happen later. They happen just, they, they should have just been snappy right at the start. Mm. Then you include your evidence. But yet when you Google deloading, you're met with contradictory information. You did this later at six minutes, seven seconds in. But if it was brought forward, the flow of information would just keep people engaged. That I, you, you were literally Googling it. The shot was you Googling there. And just that change of camera would have been great and it would have kept people driving forwards. It's that flow of information and it's that flow of visuals. And then finally, you have that explanation where you say, here's why it's all rubbish. And now you're into the juicy meat of it all. You've kept people engaged for the first, it's, it's probably only eight to 10 seconds that you've said all of that. But you've negated the majority of that drop off. And if you've done that, you can probably keep people hooked throughout the rest of the video because it's always that first, first few seconds, like on a website, that's going to make the difference. Again, yeah, you're starting with these big statements and these things, it's going back to what I said previously with tending to these pagans and people, the critics, essentially, where you're saying all these cliches that people literally have tattooed on their arms, they're wrong. Go hard, go home. Grind till I die. It's not, they're not right. And you don't have to follow this advice. This is why deloading is important. That's just to tie it into the previous point I had. It's why it was such a good intro potential was just because it got people on your side or it got you on people's side, should I say. One thing that's really interesting, I think that's coming out in all of this, is that while providing value to people is priority number one and that will always be what keeps people around the ability to deliver that value just is so important so alan speaks about if you build it they won't come and you guys are basically talking about how i'm, I'm providing the value it's just coming a little bit too late down the line so yeah i guess the main thing i'm getting from all of this feedback is that it's almost like you need that express delivery of that information right you need to put it up front personal so that somebody who might not know my channel or not know who I am will know okay I'm not wasting my time here and that yeah that's really important exactly exactly and don't think of it in the sense of now you've got to speak faster now you've got to get every single point across before they end up switching off that's by no means what needs to happen you can find so many YouTube channels where everyone talks really slowly and concisely but the flow of information is in such a way that you're always being captured. Your engagement is always there. So you don't need to be pacey about it, but you can't linger. You can't let someone sort of get distracted. Just keep them involved with every piece of information. And so we, we've got some sort of overarching video points here. We might've mentioned these already, but this is sort of something fundamental that you could sort of take away from your channel or anyone could do. And the first point here is to just essentially be the guide and it's justifying people's worries, voicing them so that people know you as a friendly figure. You basically want to make it sound like you already know what they've gone through because you have. You, you've done the research yourself, just allaying their fears. And interestingly, in your first videos, your camera angle was quite low and you were talking down to the viewer. Or at least I felt like I was sort of being talking down to <laughs> Talking? Oh, that's awful. Spoken down to. 
But it's interesting how much that makes a difference because now that you've changed that camera angle and we're sort of on a peer-to-peer level, I'm like, I'm listening. I'm engaged. I understand what you're talking about rather than just being told what to do like a good little kid. It's weird how much that makes a difference, but essentially be the guide across all of these videos. So then the next point we've got is to accent the talking points. Matt brought it up earlier with the Casey Neistat videos, but there's a whole feeling of tension and release. You see it in movies, you see it in music. There's something that's got to rise to a point and then you give them what they want. And so to accent talking points, yes, it can be done verbally, but it can also be done visually. You've got the whole narration aspect and you jump in and suddenly you've got the eye contacts or the movement of the video means that so like imagine you're traveling along the world's going past you and you're you're speaking to the phone you're speaking to the people in the video and then you stop and then you give your point and then you move on to the next bit but that point they're probably going to listen to because it was different to the rest of it you built up attention and then you released it with that piece of information that sort of leads into the whole concept of the flow of cuts so when you're transitioning between your different scenes you can cut a video with the same camera angle. We're not asking you to sort of change camera angles every single time you've got a different talking point, but make use of zooming in and zooming out, just jumping in and jumping backwards. You you see it in a lot of them where people hide these cuts with these just little bits of interest visually so that the viewer always pays attention. They might not notice the cuts, but it just makes a little bit of a difference. It's it's a weird one that, but, but it works. So try it out. Last couple of things we've got are movement of information and movement of visuals. In fact, I've already said the movement of information. You you know what that is by this point. Just don't let the conversation go stagnant. But the movement of visuals, the few times when you sort of lost me in the videos is when it just stayed in one place for too long. Even sitting at your table, which is a really nice set, by the way. Like, <laughs> that that is crispy. I love the bookcase. In fact, I picked up on the fact you got two sets of Harry Potter books in there as well. Just that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it looks like a really nice set. But if you stay there too long, I'm going to get distracted and start looking at Harry Potter books, to be perfectly honest. That, that, that's what happens. So take me to a different location and keep it moving visually. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the, the summary of the, the video stuff. But I hope, I hope there's a lot that can be applied to different places there rather than just specific videos that we focused on before. Yeah. There's a huge amount of advice there. So, Matt, Rob, I'm going to ask you if you could summarize your advice for Andrew. How would you do that? And then in a moment, Andrew, I'm going to come to you and go, what are you actually going to do about this? Because advice is great, but what makes the real difference? Action. And you need to actually do something on this. And the same for the listeners. There is something in this episode for you to take away and change about your website, your podcast, your marketing, what you do. These are universal principles that apply to marketing presentations and podcasts. So Matt, Rob, give us the summary. What does Andrew need to do? Where does he need to focus? What's the summary? So overall, we've got things like titles and thumbnails and stuff that we could go over. But for now, let's focus on the actual videos themselves and just front loading them with those heavy hitting, well, that's just that content, the the strong statements, the principles, and definitely have some sort of downloaded document or something with a logo on it, for example, something like that, that summarizes each of the videos that you're teaching, particularly the instructional ones, because that having something that people can take home that summarizes everything they've learned and something that they could just have laying next to them 
while they're doing their workout or while they're doing their exercise would be perfect. And it's another way of just getting your little logo or whatever somewhere else in someone's house other than hidden behind a YouTube channel. To be honest, I think I covered everything that I was going to say with my overarching video points. I'll just say the same things if I'm not careful. Okay. Alan, in answer to your question then, on the feedback that Man Rob have um, left me here. So thank you, by the way. A lot of that is, it's surprising how few of them I've thought about. So that already is really refreshing. It's got given me lots of stuff to go and try out, test, see if it works. Primarily, I do want to take some action on the people that have landed on my YouTube channel for the first time. So those points about the banner, around the primary video, around how that page is structured. So the first thing I want to work on, I'll probably see if I can get it done this weekend, is add more of a call to action or something defining to that banner, something heavy hitting that allows people to know exactly what they're getting when they land on the channel. The next thing I will do is really experiment with just stripping out that intro, stripping out the intro and front loading the information. It almost feels stupid how in your face that one is, because Alan, to your point, you're right. I always skip the intro on Netflix. When I'm looking for information fast, I always skip the intro and I design my videos to be consumed quickly. These are tutorials that are sometimes three minutes long and they rank higher than some other videos because they're 12 minutes long. So I'm expecting people to get the information quickly, but then I stick it behind an 11 minute intro. So yeah, I'm definitely at 11 second intro even. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 11 minute intro, just a little bit overkill. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I'm definitely going to give that a go. And then, yeah, I will toy around with getting some sort of downloadable summary that people can engage with. Currently, I haven't built a website. I've I've bought a domain name, but I haven't built a website. I've I've built one in the past. And I know how to do it, but I don't know. I've just not gone about that. A, a lot of my focus has been on keeping people bouncing between my videos. I haven't really explored taking them off YouTube and engaging with me outside of YouTube, except for occasionally Instagram. And then even then, it's driving people back to YouTube to engage and keep sticky. Yeah, that that's something I could definitely trial. Again, that downloadable piece, if I'm taking out the intro, that helps build that brand. And I feel maybe people will be more engaged if they're using some of my content, not from the first place, almost from a secondary channel. And I think that this doesn't have to be a big thing, Andrew, because everyone says, oh, I need to build a website. And then they go away and plan a 57-page website with all sorts of subdomains. Like this just needs to be a simple one-page website to start that shows you, has a couple of your videos, and then has a little MailChimp sign-up form. MailChimp's free up to 2,000 contacts. Like just have a simple MailChimp sign-up form. Put your email address in here, and I will reply with the PDF or the whatever it is. And I will also let you know if I'm doing any events in London or whatever's happening and stay. And if you do that and start to build your list now, like in three years time, you have a giant list and it'll be easy to monetize, but you need to start straight away. So I would make this as easy as possible, as simple as possible and get version one done instantly. Sure. Excellent. I hear you committing to two, three things. Number one Mm -hmm. is the banner. Number two is experimenting with stripping out the intro. And number three is starting on that one page website and building a list. Excellent. I'm happy to commit to that. 
Fantastic. We're going to hold you to that. So before <laughs> I wrap up and give all of you listening my closing message, Matt, Rob, thank you so much for being on the show. You have given great feedback, great ideas, and great energy. Where do people find out more about what you're doing so they can check out your videos and your work? So again, you can just go onto YouTube, type in my name, Matt Esley, and you'll see all sorts of woodworking stuff. And you might even see Rob's pretty face, but I'll let him promote where he is. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, yes, I exist within his videos, but you can also get in contact uh, via my actual media company, waysideproductions.com. There you can fill out a form or find my email address and uh, get in touch there if you've got any questions regarding anything YouTube. Fantastic. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Matt, for the advice. Andrew, Cali to the crowd. That's where people need to go to find your YouTube videos and check this out. And I'm sure they've been watching along on the YouTube side as we've been given the feedback. We will check back in with you in a couple of weeks, Andrew, to find out what has happened, what advice you've implemented and how it's going. Very excited. Excellent. And for you listening, thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. I think The closing message that I want you all to take away from this is there is so much of traditional business advice that focus on what's your unique selling point. And we get so caught up on how we're unique and what's the branding and stamping our logo everywhere and all that jazz. When we forget, you are unique. It's you. It's your energy. It's your eye contact. It's the way you explain things. It's the years of experience you've had doing these things. It's you. So I would encourage everyone listening to this podcast to put more of you into your business because that is what's going to engage. It's what's going to make you stand out and it's what's going to be bringing people closer. Be more you, have fun, build your business, go get them. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.